This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to this week's No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and joining me to go over the two old draw at Cardiff City on Saturday are James and Natalie. Natalie, we'll start with you. You were at the, the Cardiff City International Football Ground or whatever it's called. Um, a bit of smash and grab, was it? Uh, just a bit, yeah. It was um, It was 84 minutes of, uh, of pretty dismal football followed by sort of six minutes of, of exciting times. Very much worth it for the equaliser, I have to say. The away end went nuts when we, we uh, the, sorry, that equaliser went over. But it, it was a long trek in very awful weather for a pretty miserable afternoon, to be honest. It's one of those results, James, surely, that just shows the, the character of the squad that we've got at the moment. Most most teams turn up with six minutes to go. They wouldn't get anything out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think to, to be a, a side that's challenging around the top of the table you need to be one of those teams that um, never really give up and uh, I think there was similar games weren't they, in our last promotion where I think there's a few times at least where we're sort of one two goes down late on and came back and you know at least got a point out of it and I think those are going to be the games that if you were to you know single stuff out at the end of the season if you've only made it by you know a point or two you'd be picking out the games where you've shown such character as the ones that were the uh you know, the deciding factors. The goals that Cardiff scored to go to in a lot, Natalie, pretty poor goals from our point of view. You've got to say, defensively, not great. And a return to conceding headed goals, which we seem to have, have got rid of, but came back in, in with a vengeance at the weekend. Yeah, very much so. Both goals were, were pretty disappointing. Um, and I think I think the first one, especially, we we just after quite a slow start. I, I wouldn't say it was. Yeah, I wouldn't share the the opinion that it was a you know abysmal for the first half. I didn't think the first half we were that bad. You know, sure we were um, we were off the ball a little bit, but we were um, you know we were all right, and we just about got back on top of the game. You know, we'd created a few chances, we'd had a couple off the line, um, and it just they just switched off. It. it <laughs> They just didn't seem to have their head on it throughout the game. There seemed to be quite a lack of discipline and a, quite a lack of attention, really. Um, and like you said, both goals, I think they'd be pretty disappointed. But we've already mentioned talk briefly um, the fight back, but Ruin Hennings dropped from the team, James, but to come back and get his first goal for the club, that's going to be a massive boost, isn't it? And it was well taken as well. Yeah, he's done well there, though. I think the Cardiff keeper might be... Uh... 
That'd be a bit disappointing. I, I was right? going to say, I, I felt like he, he like should, he, probably should have he, saved it, but I didn't want to be the one to say so. <laughs> I, I think he was in position to get his whole body behind it, never mind the hand. So he'd probably be looking at that one a little bit disappointed with himself. And uh, if I was him, I'd personally feel responsible. They haven't got three points. But, um, you know, Hennings takes it well. He, he's still got a lot of work to do where he picks it up. And, um, you know, if he'd miss, he probably would have been looking at a few of the other players that are around as options and why didn't he lay off but you know he, he took it well and uh, that's what you can ask of him in that position and maybe it's a confidence booster going forward and uh, you know he, he'll get a couple more Probably fair to say there was a slice of luck about the equaliser at the end though Natalie right at the death um, I think it was Keane involved but certainly an own goal from Connolly but was that karma for an incident earlier in the game at 0-0 I think it was wasn't it a handball on the line from a shot from George Boyd absolutely it was um, yeah it, it karma 100% he'd it's, it's quite difficult to, to comment on really because when you look at the replays and you, you look at the highlights um, you can't really see the handball as well sure you can see his arm um, it's certainly moving towards there but you don't see him get just as clean a touch on it as he does from where we were sat and um, all of the cam- camera angles are behind Boyd who takes the shot and you can just sort of see it going towards him the Burnley fans were behind the goal that Boyd shot at and we could see it from our corner it, it the ball changed direction it was that much of a save on the line it was a clear penalty and he should have gone off it was and it was deliberate as well his you know his hand went to it, it you know it, it didn't hit it was no way ball to hand he deliberately cleared that with his hand what what seems critical for me is that the the Burnley players all appealed for it, and you don't often see appeals for a handball unless it, it's really obvious. It's one of those instinctive things. It's not like you're trying to get something off the referee. It's more you feel injustice, and yeah, I think that that's what clinched it for me. I've only seen the the, the dodgy YouTube highlights, but it, it seemed pretty clear cut to me. And at that stage in the game. It's going to have a massive impact, isn't it? It would have been a red card, presumably a penalty. You'd back Andre Gray to put it away. It would have been 1-0 up against 10 men. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I heard um, Deitch's interview after the game and he said the same thing. You could just feel it in the ground. You know, it wasn't just the players who were appealing for it. Um, You know, the Cardiff fans around us were sort of like, oh, gosh, that's, you know, what's he done there? And... um, you know, we 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 were screaming for it behind our net, and yeah, it would have it would have changed the game. And like I said, at the time of that shot, and we just had one cleared off the line as well. I think Boyd had had another shot, which the defender um, got himself in a really decent position and 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 cleared it off the line. Um, so at that point, whilst yes, it was a slightly under par performance from us, we were on top of the game at that point, and it would have I, I think we would have won the game comfortably. I want to ask about the performance generally. You mentioned it briefly at the, at the start of the podcast, but just from what people were saying on Twitter throughout the game, I was at work, so sort of half following on Twitter and half following the BBC commentary and stuff, but there's an awful lot of, of criticism. You'd think that we'd just expect to win 3-0 every week. We said on the podcast last week that Cardiff don't concede many goals. They were on a run of keeping clean sheets. It was always going to be a difficult game. Um, were Burnley as bad as people were saying? 
I don't think so. Um, second half, yes. I'll come on to that in a second. The first half, we were quite surprised. So when we were, you know, checking phones at half time and, and looking at the feedback coming through from certainly some of the local media outlets and, and um, a few sort of messages coming through from friends. We were all sort of looking at each other saying like, like I think somebody had said that Cardiff murdered us for 45 minutes. And I certainly wouldn't agree with that. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't. It, you know, it, it wasn't quite the the debacle that it was made out to be. Second half, yes, second half was really woeful. Um, they just did not come out and play at all. Um, they had a real problem in just stringing two passes together. They couldn't find a way through um, the central defence at all. Passes were just going astray. Um, Cardiff for a you know you can see why they've not conceded many goals I think we talked about this last week um very solid defense very well organized defense and very hard to break down but not impossible to break down with the talent that we've got in our squad and we should have done a lot better than we did we talked a lot about Hennings on the podcast last week James were you a bit surprised that that Dash dropped him and put Chris Long in instead um yeah it was a bit of a surprise because he seems to mainly fancy Chris Long as um, you know, a bit of an impact so bring on a little bit of uh, youthful energy later on. It, it feels um, like Long's the cover for Gray and Hennings is the cover for Volts, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably... I think he, he's normally looking to uh, protect Gray later on when you don't necessarily need uh, that, that sort of goal threat on and I think Long gives you the same sort of... Um, hustle that you get from Gray, um, you know, the hustle and energy up front. And it was interesting to see them put together because you'd think if he uses that as his uh, sub, he, he wouldn't really um, want the two together because, you know, quite often two of the same don't really work well. So it, it was definitely a surprise, but um, options obviously is somehow now from being uh, maybe too many available strikers, we now down to not a lot of alternative looks to, to try. Well, we'll we'll come on to the, the strike selection for the weekend's game a bit later. Um, Natalie, Chris Long, we've not really had a good look at him, but a, a, a good opportunity for him to start alongside Andre Gray. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, I was I was as impressed as you can expect to be with him. Um, he, he did what we thought he was going to do. He was um, pretty sprightly. He ran at everything. He was, um, you know, trying to create chances, trying to chase down balls. Um, a couple of things that I think he needs to work on. I, he was just a little bit too lightweight for the the Cardiff defence, who were you know quite a robust defence. So he was muscled off the ball quite a bit. You know, it, it didn't. It, you know, he could get taken away for you know one player didn't need sort of two or three on him. And um, you could sense that frustrated him a little bit. But you know, he's he's only a young lad and he's not yet built up the strength that he needs to you know at this level. Um, so that will come. You know, I don't I don't think that's you know a, a particularly um harsh criticism i just think that's a, you know an observation um think another thing that he just needs to keep an eye on he, he tends to um have his head down a little bit so there were some great opportunities where he'd chase balls down and he'd find himself a little bit of space but obviously then you know he doesn't know where anybody else is and you know grade maybe found himself a really good space and he just couldn't find it because he was just a little bit behind the action but again it's he's 
I don't want to say, I guess his shortcomings on Saturday were very much to do with just experience and age more than anything, nothing to be concerned about. Um, and he, he came off at the right time, at, you know, at the point that Hennings came on for him. You know, he, he tired, things weren't really, you know, going for him. And um, it was a good substitution at a good time. And I have to say, Hennings for me was a much better impact player than he was when he started. Um, he looked great when he came on, um, the best we've seen him play, I think. Hopefully that goal will give him a, a confidence boost. Mm, absolutely, and we'll see a lot more from him moving forward. I, I think the criticism of Hennings, it was all very much. No one was writing him off. There were a couple of people saying, "Oh, sending back to Germany is rubbish," but most people were saying it's not happened for him yet. But it's early days. Remember all the other strikers we've had that haven't hit the ground running. It's taken them time to settle in. Let's just see. But so far, hasn't been very good. I think it was all pretty fair. The criticism that we've seen of Hennings, but. To be fair to him, he scored a good goal, so hopefully we'll see a different Ruin Hennings moving forward because there's obviously some ability there. He scored a lot of goals in the German second tier last year and presumably that's a similar sort of level to the English second tier. Um, One individual performance you wanted to highlight, Natalie, was George Boyd, who we talk about a lot on the podcast, but he's not been in good form recently, but a couple of efforts cleared off the line on Saturday. Is he turning a corner a bit? We've seen more of the old George Boyd. Uh, for me, absolutely. On Saturday, um, he was—he uh, wasn't the man of match overall for me. Um, I think somebody else probably played better over the, the ninety minutes. But certainly, he was the player of the first half for me. He was um, a lot sharper, a lot—you know—a lot more willing to run, um, and really, um, yeah, he really. Um, Worked hard. His work rate was there, and yeah, I was I was impressed with him. It was a again. I think we mentioned this last week. He wasn't back to the Boyd we know and love, but he was getting. He was even better than he was last week. We've talked about Hennings, who made a certainly made an impact off the bench, but we also saw the return of Dean Marnie. He must have got a fantastic reception from the away fans. Definitely. I think at the point that we saw him warming up and it looked like he was going to come on, the chance started. It was the, the good old various Dean Marnie chants that have become famous across the away, certainly from the away following. Every single one of them came out of the woodwork. It was great. And when he came on, the whole away end was on the feet and, and everybody was cheering. And he got, um, he was one of the last players to leave the field at the end of the game and he got quite a decent, um, you know, decent reception. And it was just, everybody was just so excited to, to get him back. Looking ahead um, to the weekend, then we'll talk a bit more in detail about the, the Preston game. There is Preston coming up, but um, the, the Sam Vokes injury, James, I don't know if you've got any um, knowledge about this, but is it going to be one of those that, that seems to drag on a little bit? We were told that it was a little knock and it's kept him out of two games already. Um, I think from what I'd heard, it was one of those ones where um, they just don't want to risk it too early because it's, it's not really you know worth risking at this stage, which I think is fair enough. You know, what good is it playing him you know for one game if you lose him for two months or whatever as a result? So I think it's just being cautious and uh, making sure he's you know, 110% before you put him back out. It is um, something we've seen before. I was trying to think the player, I remember it. it was Not last season, but the promotion season. Someone was out for a couple of weeks. I think it might have been Marnie. It was, wasn't it? It was Marnie. And then they said he'd done his creation. Everyone was like, what? And also, Overstad, we were led to believe there was almost nothing wrong with him. and He's not played yet this season. So they certainly you know like to keep the cards close to their chest about, about the I injuries. Actually, 
completely forgot that Ulver still exists. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. He had a really good pre-season and we've seen nothing of him yet. Anyway, um, talking about the strikers then, with, with Hennings having that goal, do you think he'll be back in the team? Um, you, you'd, you'd think it'd be a bit harsh to, to drop a lad who's, um, well, you know, not put a lad back in who scored a goal. And, you know, for all the criticism he got the other week at home, I didn't think he was that bad. You know, he, he should probably have scored in the first half. And if he scores that goal, then you, you probably can give him a pass for, a, you know, a few misplaced balls in the second half. Um, so I, I think you know, unless Fawkes is is ready to go, I, I'd assume to see Hennings start on Saturday. I think it's um, I'd expect it to be the other way around. I'd have thought Hennings would be more suitable for an away game and long at home, where you you got maybe the opposition defence is sitting deep and you want someone who's going to be able to unlock them. He seems to have a bit more creativity, whereas Hennings maybe he's more of a target man that you can use as an outball. Have you got any thoughts on that, Natalie? There seems to be contrasting styles, obviously, but I think Hennings is more suitable for an away team. I think Kyle is quite a good an away team player rather than a home team player. Some players seem to be more more suitable for home matches and away games, although obviously we seem to play the same 11. <laughs> home and away. That's true. Um, it's not something that I, I would say I've, I've put a you know a great deal of thought into um I think yeah I think you're certainly onto something there maybe with long more than Hennings um I I would be more than happy for Hennings to start on Saturday after the the way he finished the game um this week just because I think it, it looked like something had clicked in him and and you know we talk about strikers you know the confidence that comes with goals so I I, I wouldn't mind him starting long definitely looked not as effective on Saturday as he has done in some of the games that we have seen him um, at Turf. Now, it's quite difficult to compare them because, of course, you know, Long tends to have um, come on as a sub at home where he's starting the game on Saturday. So I don't know whether it's a difference between um, a start or coming off the bench or home or away. Um, But, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the key. They've got different attributes that could work with both players. I mean, maybe along more suitable for playing on the break, so if Pacey could get in behind, there's different ways of looking at it, I suppose. Um, to move on to the Preston game, then Preston North Envers in Turf Moor for the first time in a while, actually, after they managed to get promoted um, last season, but apparently they haven't sold all their tickets yet, even for half of the the cricket field stand. So obviously, it's not the biggest derby of the season for us with, with Rovers in the same division, but it's it's. A good contest, and there will be a bit of needle between the fans, won't there, James? It's the sort of game that people do still look for on the fixture list, even though it does obviously play a second billing to the Rovers games. Yeah, I think, you know, particularly as well for for younger fans, it's maybe more of a more of a derby than it is for older fans. I know, you know, particularly for me, I can remember playing Preston a lot and them actually being competitive games. Whereas for the majority of my memories of Blackburn games, it's actually us getting thumped quite heavily um, and then being some sort of mythical being that was leagues above us. The hammering, um, the hammering at Ewood that year was a few days before my birthday and totally ruined it that year. Yeah, yeah. and you would have been a younger lad then as well, wouldn't you? But well, yes, uh, in the past I was younger. Still are. <laughs> yeah, I was pre-teen, I think. Exactly, you know. It'd be devastating. You could have been crushed. 
I was crushed. Exactly, exactly. It could have been like, you know, when England got knocked out of the World Cup in 98. I remember that being a very emotional time for me as a seven-year-old. It's bad times, though. Um, um, a bit more up with you. Yeah, uh, moving on to the press again. Just it's gone into a bit of a therapy session now. Football's <laughs> depressing, isn't it? I, well, I think well. it is that, that fans do still look for. Um, you know, I think if you were to look for Blackburn first, you maybe look for Preston second. Um but the thing, I think since they've been in League One, I, I look at their squad and I don't normally actually know who any of them are. So um, from that point of view, I'm not really as sure what to expect. I'm like, you know, what are the teams that we've played while we're in the Championship? We have a rough idea what they're about, what they're going to be like. Um, whereas Preston are a bit more of a mystery since they disappeared for a few years. Um, but hopefully it'll be a, you know an easy three points for us and... Um, you know, the minor bragging rights that come with it. <laughs> we do obviously have the chance to assert ourselves as the the leading force in, in traditional Lancashire football. We don't want to get into all the border stuff, but the teams that Radio Lancashire cover anyway, that's that's the Lancashire teams as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Natalie, there's been a lot of memorable games between Burnley and Preston. As James said, we've played each other twice a year, very regularly in recent years. The, the, the 3-2, I think it was, where Andy Gray gave Sean St. Ledger a bit of a present after he scored an own goal that I think was a winner. That's a particular favourite of mine. Any particular memories stand out for you of, of games between Birmingham and Preston? I think we beat him 3-0 on my birthday one year as well. That was good. Oh, gosh. This is putting me on the spot. Um, do you know what? It's been that long since we played them. I'm not sure I can remember that many of them, to be honest now. They've been... Uh... They've been down in the, in the depths of the, the basement of the league for quite some time. Um, the three two that you mentioned a minute ago, that yeah, that was a, a, a good one. Um, we had quite we had some decent battles with them um, over years. Like James just said, that's that for us was our derby for many many years. Um, you know, the Blackburn derby just never happened because it, you know not in our lifetimes because we never played them. So derby uh, the, the traditional derby for us was Preston. Um, I remember the year that we got promoted into the championship. I think did Preston win it? We came second, and did Wigan come up through the playoffs? Um, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I know that season there was a game at Turf, which was like, I think it was about eight weeks before the end of the season, and that was quite a feisty affair at Turf Moor. Um, but I think that just, that that was when I think Ian Wright had just signed, going back now a little bit, um, my memory's a little bit hazy of the game, but I seem to remember that being quite a feisty affair. And I think at that point it looked like we were both going to go up at that point, so it's quite close to the end of the season. So that's, probably going to do it looking at Preston's form then it's been pretty patchy as you'd expect from a team newly promoted from league one and they are only three points off the bottom three at the moment but they've had some pretty eye-catching results they won 3-0 at Charlton last month but wins have been quite thin on the ground um we're obviously the overwhelming favorites that goes without saying but there's going to be a little bit of extra pressure on the the shoulders of the players, isn't there, James? But as we've seen with how they dealt with that at Blackburn recently, it's probably not something to worry too much about. No, no, I think the players will be, you know, be fine, and um, I expect us to to add another uh, victory over Preston to our to our record. It's um, nearly seven years since they beat us at the turf. At the turf, so. Yeah, should be quite it's a confident. It's a few years since they've been, though, isn't it? So it's one of those statistics yeah. that's a little bit misleading. It Probably only a couple came, of two or three games. It came in the Capital One Cup, though, recently. It's, I think it's um, uh, with three games and being at home. 
I, I think it's fair to, to assume we're not going to lose at the weekend. Natalie, what are you expecting from the game? Obviously, we're all hoping Volks is fit, but there's a decision to make between Hennings and Long. Don't expect any other changes, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's fair. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect anybody else, like you say, to, to get changed in the squad. Um, if Vox is fit, I fully expect him to walk back into the side. Um, if he isn't, I, I think he'll start with Henning again. I, I just don't think that there's any reason to drop him. Um, he tried it on, on Saturday with Long and it worked to an extent. But, you know, we actually looked um, more likely to score when Hennings came on than we did uh, when we had Long on the pitch. So, um, yeah, I, I think that would be the, the, the only um, change if there is one. I think maybe the only the counter argument to that is that Hennings scored off the bench. So, keep him on the bench and ask him to do it again he might turn out to be a super sub but yeah, I think it's fair to, to reward someone for for um, a performance that made a difference in the end if Henning doesn't score that goal we probably don't get a point so I think he should probably be in the team as a reward um, we always end up with predictions then although we always forget to check who was right um, James I assume you're going to predict a hat-trick for Andre Gray <laughs> I'm going to put another quid on it. So, yeah. Andre <laughs> what sort of odds are you getting on this? Is it like 20 to 1, 30 to 1? Oh, 66 to 1 on Saturday. Really? Yeah. It'll be short that, shorter than that the weekend when we were at home, I suppose. Yeah, I put £2.50 on Saturday because I was like, 66 to 1, imagine. <laughs> so, that's nice. Um, I, might, I might actually start putting like, a bit on him to score two or more because he scores at least two, doesn't he? So, that's, that's printed money. And then the hat trick's the bonus. Betting advice from James Bird. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> don't don't write in if you lose money because of James Bird's. To be to be honest, Andrew Gray to score a hat trick. I think it's the only bet I've put on like in the last two months. <laughs> it's just as well because he keeps time. losing. <laughs> well, no, actually, I did put next goal, next goal with uh, Andrew Gray on, and even though we didn't score again in that game, it paid out. So there you go. Excellent. A, a score and then as well as, well as the Andrew Gray hat trick. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna say pre-one because I never say the opposition's gonna score. So maybe if I do, we'll get a clean sheet. Goal scorer at Turfman. What about you, Natalie? What's your prediction? I am going to go for a very convincing four-nil win. Happy days. Hopefully, yes. you will both be right, and Burnley will put plenty of goals past whoever plays in goal for Preston these days. Because, like James, I have absolutely no idea. Because I don't follow League One football, and that's where Preston have been playing. Uh, but that is about all time. All we've got time for on this week's podcast. Next week, we'll go over the Preston game in detail, of course. Thanks to Natalie and James for joining me. Thanks to our sponsors at Neville G. We couldn't do the podcast without them. Thanks to everyone who listened. Please do get in touch if you've got any feedback. Our email address is podcast at net. You can tweet us as well. Our Twitter is net. We might have some live tweets from the game on Saturday, hopefully as well, but no promises. Uh, but that is all for this week. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Do you know what's very interesting that Soccer Bear still use our old logo? That's very interesting.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.